Floating, floating. Touch bottom back up. You're not sleeping. You're not sleeping yet. You, you almost fell asleep. You're not sleeping. Get to sleep. Hey, it's that time once again. It's time for t yeah. Bitter's pill time, folkies. Listen, it's Dan Class. Uh, you're a host, you know. Uh, recording here on, under the flight path Los Angeles International Airport. It is, uh, I, you know, as I say this, it is a Saturday night. It's 11.30-ish. Uh, what time is it? Nah, it's 11.30-ish. And, you know, uh, it, it's been a while. I, uh, you know, I owe the paying customers. You know that? You realize I'm a week behind. You realize. Did you notice? You didn't even notice. I know. Yeah, uh, there was no show last week, I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, life... Listen, I don't know what happened. I, I gotta admit it, but life is a blur right now. For, you know, my wife and I both um, are being crushed by endless work. Now, I won't speak for my wife. I think she's just crushed because she's a one-person department. But I have, you know, would be it would be just a perfect amount of work if I could do it all in just one big eight-hour with an hour for lunch stint. You know, I got to do, I do three hours and I got to go pick somebody up and then I do an hour and a half uh, between snacks and then I got to pick somebody else up and then we got to go to karate at an hour after. You know what I mean? It just after a while, I was like, ha, 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 this is killing me. And, uh, you know, last Saturday I had it in my head that I was going to record, but I, I went and uh, recorded a voice track thingy for uh, the Anderson brothers, you know, Seth and Nathan Anderson. Directors, producer directors of the Gutenbitch video, several short films. They're they're working on a new film now. The title of which is escaping me at eleven thirty on a Saturday night. I think it's dark. I think the movie is dark. It's dark here too. But it, you, do you understand? Check them out at lull l u l l skull s k u l l dot com. You can see the trailer for Dark. It's cool. It's trippy. It's Bergman esque. It's uh, Twilight Zone meets uh, you know. I don't know what, it looks very cool. I haven't seen it. I've just sort of been in it in a way. Uh, you know, yeah. So listen, for, and for those of you, you know what? For those of you that only get this once a month, you, you've been missing a lot. And I don't say that to try to get the, uh, you know, cash out of you. I say that because it just feel bad that you're missing a lot. You're missing me, you know, having little boys cuddle with me on school buses. Wandering aimlessly through San Francisco airport uh, on my way home from Portland. What else? What else has been going on? It's, you know, nonstop excitement. Karate. All the karate stories. You're missing it all, folks. That's all I can say. Now, listen, this, what you know, to get you caught up, I, gotta t I don't know if I have it in me to get you completely caught up tonight. And I, and I am a show behind, so this may, I don't know, if, you know, I don't know. But here, okay. See, a long time ago, I used to say to myself and my wife, gosh, I can't wait till someday, you know, we can shoot digital video and edit digitally on a computer or just be so exciting and open up all these great opportunities. I can't wait, I can't wait. And this is 10 years ago. And then I, you know, four years ago or so, four and a half, is it that many? Three and a half? I don't know. You know, November, uh, October, September, October, 04, I discovered podcasting. Early days. And then, so here I am now, podcasting icon, stay-at-home dad, shut-in. But no longer a shut-in. Now I actually do work. Now, I used to complain about being a stay-at-home dad. And how I needed to work. Now I work. And now I, I work. And I work. And you know why they call it work? Because it's work. And I think that's why it was so testy about the millennials uh, last time. Because, you know, there's no one here shaking a tambourine and rah, rah, rah and making sure I have fun while I work. You know what? I work. Every minute that I work, I'm working. Which is cool. You know, we got to work. Hey, listen, you want to put food on the table? You got to work for it, baby. So I've had just enough work work to really kind of fill in all the gaps. And it's making me a little nuts because things are not balanced. They are out of balance. It's not cool. 
So there was this job that was maybe going to happen there for a while where, uh, you know, Tim, uh, hold on. Now, you know, Tim Coyne, right? Hollywood podcast, Tim Coyne, web maverick, according to the LA, some such paper. I don't know. Well, Tim, Tim Coyne and I were maybe going to do this job where we were going to have to fly to New York. Now, what happens is every once in a while, I will go to some kind of PR event, public relations event with my camera, my video camera. And I jack into the audio system and I videotape these PR conferences and then I bring it home and I edit it and uh, someone trades me that for money. Well, this thing was coming up uh, and it wasn't a sure thing. Maybe it was going to come up. We're going to have to see what happens. But uh, Tim and I were going to maybe go to New York to shoot this thing. Now, I figured it wasn't going to happen because, we, you know, why, why would you bring guys from L.A. to New York to videotape something? New York is so full of videotaping guys. You know what I mean? So I had very little expectation that we would actually end up going. But I did start to fret anyway about the prospect of bringing video equipment on the airplane to New York. Because you're going to bring a camera, you have to bring a tripod, you're going to have to bring some cables, maybe even, I don't know, do we have to bring microphones? Maybe, who knows? Do we have to? I don't know, we'll see. Oh my God, what, what if we have to do this? See, I don't have one of those fancy schmancy hard, you know, like a, like a rock star would have a big guitar case. I don't have a, one of those kind of case cases for my camera. So, I, I you know, I, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to carry it on. Is that what I'm going to have to do is carry on my camera? I mean, it's the only safe thing to do. Well, it turns out this job actually comes through. Now, you know, Tim and I are going to have to go to New York. And the reason I say have to is because, you know, this is for work. And if you videotape something, people tend to want you to edit it uh, fairly quickly. So we're going to have to go there, cut, and then I'm going to have to come back and, or uh, excuse me, go there and shoot, and then we have to come back and cut. Okay, well, so basically I guess the plan then turns it out to be that on Monday, and this is just like this past Monday, the Monday we just had, this is when this happens. Monday, you know, June 2nd or whatever it was. So Monday, June 2nd, we fly to New York. We get in around, you know, I don't know, 9. And then the next morning, we have to be at this PR event at 6.30. And then that evening, around 7 p.m., we fly out. Holy cow. Now, maybe if you're a seasoned business traveler, that's normal to you. But if you're used to just kind of driving to and from preschool every day, maybe a little karate class here, you know, shuttle, shuttle, back and forth, that really, honestly, sounds like hell on earth. Because you fly all the way to New York. Hey, look, I'm in New York. Oh, no, you're not. Just videotape this and get the hell out. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what, how, okay. So I'm going to have the camera now. Okay, how do I work this out? Because I have a tripod, it has a bag, and I have a camera. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need clothes. I got to look presentable. I'm going to have to have a pressed shirt. Oh, and pants, slacks, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to have slacks. It's not L.A., it's New York. you got to have slacks on. Trousers. Your shirt has to be pressed with a collar. Oh, my God, are we going to have to wear ties? No, no ties. Tim and I make a pact. No jackets, no ties. We're the hired help blend in. We're the podcast, uh, you know, gurus. Just get in there, be a guru, get out. You know... Respect the culture of the East Coast. Don't, you know, don't wear a t-shirt with a company logo on it and get out. Well, I don't know what to do about this camera situation because I don't, you know, you can only take so much carry on. I don't really want to check anything. Tim does not want to check anything. We don't want to check anything. Well, I devised this master plan where, see, I've got this rolling carry on. Okay. Now, you know my trials and tribulations getting to Portland, going through the expert line. you got to have your ditty bag, half the contents in a court bag, you know, all that stuff. Okay, I've got that now and down to a science. I'm an expert traveler. So I, I come up with this foolproof plan. I'm going to take my rolling carry-on, carry-on, right? I'm going to open it up, and in it, I'm going to put my camera bag. 
because I've got this bag. It's a squishy, nice little squishy camera bag padded, you know. So basically, I'm going to have the suitcase and then the padded bag filled with camera and tapes and probably microphone, whatever else, shove, shove right in there. Then I'll gingerly put my new shirt, my Target shirt. I went to Target and bought a new shirt because that's how fancy I am, New Yorkers. I don't, I don't shop at Brooks Brothers. I shop at Target. Does anybody really notice the difference? You know what I'm saying? So my Target and my, you know, my press pants right there on top. Some stuff to sleep in. Boom, boom, boom. Kind of cushion, 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 pack, pack. And look at me. I've got one piece of carry-on and a tripod in my other hand. I am good to go. I am rock and roll. Well, I told Melissa, who's a far more seasoned veteran uh, expert traveler than I, that that's my plan. And she says, uh, the tripod's not happening. They're not going to let you take the tripod on. What? Why? The tripod is too big. It has to be able to fit under the seat in front of you. What if I put it in the overhead? I don't know. They're going to ding you. You're going to have to check it. <sighs> okay, honey, you're not helping because I'm, okay, you're, I'm, ha I'm having packing, carrying on anxiety. Do you understand? I just want to get there. I want to jettison. I want to call up Captain Kirk and tell him I want to transport down to the planet's surface. I don't want to go through this. But I stick to my plan. The plan is carry on, carry on, carry on, my wayward son. You put your camera bag in this, in the carry-on with a roller. You carry on the tripod, no sweat. Now, Melissa's going to be, uh, she's nice enough to take a few moments out of her day. She's going to drive Tim and I to the airport. If Tim will just get to my house on time, she's going to give us a lift to the airport. So he shows up and we're biting our nails because we're that way. We like to get there super early. And Tim has his camera, but his camera's in one of those nice hard rolling cases. You know what I mean? One of those kind of custom cases where it's full of this spongy stuff and they've cut it in a million different pieces. And what you do is it's full of sponge. Have you ever had anything in one of these things? It doesn't have to be a camera. It could be anything. What you do is you take out the sponges in a way to make the shape of whatever it is you're trying to protect, and then you put that thing in there, and you're good to go. So he's got this rolling hard case rock star thing, little tiny one. It looks like a suitcase from the 60s that some airline hostess would be dragging around, right? Except it's not, you know, white pleather. But anyway, and then he's got a backpack, which is very cool. I'm too stupid to have a backpack. And his tripod, one, two, three. Hey, he's got three. You're trying to, I thought we weren't going to check. I'm not going to check. Uh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll just, we'll work it out. Okay. No, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll charm somebody. I'll cause a distraction. He can sneak on board with the tripod. We're going to make this happen because we, you know, it's gorilla time, yo. Right, yo? We're going to go to New York, yo, and we're going to just do this thing in, out, boom, pow. We are uh, the uh, pioneer and the maverick. Here we go. Well, everything goes absolutely swimmingly. We show up at the airport. Now, I've already checked us in. Hey, listen, I don't mess around. I've already checked us in. No baggage to check. We've got our boarding passes. They're all printed out. Here's my ID. Scan, scan right this way. Check my shoes. Da, da, da. We're set. We chill at the gate. Tim goes and gets a java cava latte, mucachono, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I got my bottle of agua because, you know, you got to buy it when you get in the airport because, you know, you don't want to smuggle a bomb on board in your Frappuccino. They can't let liquids through. Only one ounce of gel and 13 little bottles because you could never, ever in a kajillion years figure out how to blow up an airplane with something less than an ounce. Okay, so we go through placebo security. We get our mocha java lattes. We got It's time to go on. Well, Tim is... Uh, Kind of getting his stuff together. So, you know, dude, go up ahead and uh, go ahead and check in. Uh, you know, get on board. So I go and I get on board. Or rather, I give them my boarding pass. And they say, hello, Mr. Kloss. Why, why everyone has to suddenly get European when they're pronouncing my name? I have no idea. Well, she she checks my thing. And then she, 
And I go, and then she goes, Whoa, Mr. Claus, Mr. Claus. Yes? Maybe I dropped something. I have no idea, right? I don't know what's going on. Mr. Claus, um, I'm afraid you're going to have to check that bag. Which which bag? The big one. Well, which is the big one? The carry-on or, oh, no, see, Melissa was right. Melissa was right and Melissa's always right because here she is and I'm getting, right, they're going to have to stow the tripod, which is not a big deal, but the tripod is not really in a padded bag. The tripod is just in a zipper bag. It's a big metal, brand new, I've never used it more than once tripod, and now they're going to they're gonna check it and it's going to roll around underneath the plane with all the snakes and all the dogs and all that stuff and it's going to get the crap knocked out of it and I'm going to be miserable. So I lift up the tripod you know, in my hand to indicate this one. And I say, this one? She says, no, sir, the other one. You have to check it. Oh. Oh. Well, that's the bag with all my food. My cash, my food. I cannot fly for four and a half hours from L.A. to New York without cash to buy food or food to eat. And the iPod is in there and my phone is in there from when we went through security. So I got to take out the phone. I got to take out the iPod. I got to take out the headphones. I got to take out the food because I listen, I, I got to survive this trip, right? So I take out the app, the, the food, the cash, uh, you know, the money clip. And I give her the bag. And I walk on board with an armful of food, my headphones and the tripod the tripod that melissa said they'd never let me on board with well guess what i've got it so i go sit down and i'm just bewildered i'm thrilled though because i have and i also got my book i've got this book you know i'm reading an oprah book i'm reading an oh i'm reading a book that oprah recommends the the one about uh by uh you know eckhart tolle telling you to take your ego and shove it that kind of thing we're all blossoming flowers and our ego is a manifestation of something else and it's just a voice in our head and you got to separate and the, you are not the thinking, you are the being that is, the, you know, what, I don't, okay. But at least I've got it with me. Maybe I can flower on the plane. I've got four hours to flower. I've got the iPod. That'll last for a good 10, 20 minutes when I'm watching a video. When modern science is going to create a, a rechargeable battery that actually can play an iPod or a computer for longer than one hour, uh, you know, hello, could you please? Well, Tim, you know, Tim makes it in. No, Tim. Uh, what happened? He, oh, Tim, Tim is, he doesn't have his tripod. They, they checked it, but at the front of the plane in the little, uh, you know, there's a closet, you know, there's a closet up near the cabin, near the uh, pilot. They just put it in there. No problem. Hey, here's your tripod, uh, Mr. Coin. We're going to put it right in here. No, fine. So he comes back. He's got his backpack and he's got his big rock star uh, stewardess, you know, camera box bag on reels thing. So he puts that in the overhead and the tripod in the overhead and he sits down, stretches his legs under this thing. And he's and I go, guess what? They took my carry on. I was so worried about the tripod, they took my carry-on. It's called carry-on. I bought it because it's called carry-on. I've flown with that thing so many times, now suddenly it's too big to carry on? Why why is it called carry-on? So worried about the tripod, rolling around, rolling around, going down the chute, the luggage return chute, you know what I mean? Did I really want my tripod rolling? But now they've got my carry-on. Oh, my God. They've got my carry-on. They've got my carry-on. The bag that I was so worried about because it had my food and my books, my headphones, my Walkman, my phone, and my GD camera. In my haste to make sure I was fed and entertained for the flight, it never entered my mind to remove the camera from the soft 
sided carry on bag. The tripod will not be rolling around in the cabin of the plane. The tripod will not be thrown hither and yon by the baggage handlers at John F. Kennedy International Airport. No! My cut-rate Costco quote-unquote carry-on that has the camera in it will be thrown around by the baggage handlers at JFK and go down the chute at JFK and tumble, tumble, tumble and never work again. I will have flown 3,000 miles to videotape a PR event with a broken camera. I'm so possessed by this thought, I never pull out the iPhone. I never pull out the iPod. I just sit there for four hours pushing buttons on the little TV screen in the headrest in front of me. Listening to random CD track after random CD track. Oh my God, what's going, oh my, oh my, oh man, what's going to happen to the camera? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to the camera? I don't know what's going to happen to the camera. What is happening? wonder what's happening to the camera right now. Oh, good gracious, I don't think I can afford to replace that camera. I don't make enough money on these silly camera gigs to replace the camera. What if I've broken the camera? How are we going to explain that I'm showing up from Los Angeles to New York to the big PR event at 6.30 in the morning without the camera? Eventually, we, we landed JFK in the Delta Terminal. We go down to old school baggage claim. Old, old school baggage claim. Parts of JFK are new. This is old school baggage claim. In fact, and this could be what saved me. I don't know. In fact, though, it's so old school that there's no ramp that they throw the luggage down to get on the big circular carousel. It's one of those really low to the ground, old school wooden crickety crickety carousel things so they're literally just you know from knee height putting them on the actual conveyor belt from a trolley well i finally get my bag and it looks no worse for the wear i don't even remember tell you the truth i don't even remember if i checked the camera at that point i must have I, it was a blur i gotta tell you Well, I go to check and see if I have any messages. And, you know, it takes a while for the phone to turn back on and get its signal when you're roaming and all that stuff. So Tim and I are like, you know what? Let's just go get the cab. Let's get the cab. We'll go to the hotel. We'll check in. We'll chill. We'll get something to eat. Listen, this will be great because by the time we get to the hotel and we check in, you know, the hotel's in Manhattan. We're going to check in. We'll go upstairs. We'll, uh, you know, hang up our shirts. We'll go get something to eat. Listen, it, it can be a nice mellow night. We'll go to bed early. We'll get up at the crack of dawn. We'll do this thing. We'll get out. So we get in the cab and, it, it, and I, you know, maybe this is in cabs all over the place now, but in New York City now, at least, and I've been in a cab in New York probably 20 years. I just don't, we don't seem to take cabs when we're there. Um, You know, the last time I took a cab in New York, it was kind of interesting because they would have these pre-recorded celebrity voices telling you to uh, either buckle your seatbelt or don't kill the driver. There'd be no stabbing. Something like that. Like There, there was some sort of emergency slash information. Hi, this is Joan Rivers. Hi, this is Joan Rivers. The cabbie only has $20 in change. Buckle your seatbelt. Go see a show. That kind of thing. 
And it was always a little creepy, honestly. Suddenly, Joan Rivers is, you know, right behind your right ear. Trust me. Well, now they've got TV sets embedded into the back of the bench seat, the front bench seat. There is now a TV screen showing news and, and, you know, human interest stories about Billy Ray Cyrus conventions or some sort of Nashville. I, you know, I don't know. Why did I have to, why did it seem like there were three news reports about Billy Ray Cyrus from JFK to, to Times Square? But Tim, Tim and I are mesmerized by the, you know, we're watching the news in the cab. It's, it's not right. It's not, seriously, is there anywhere I can go where there's not a TV screen now? I mean, is your supermarket now just, every aisle has a couple of TV screens barking at you? Some moron trying to teach you how to make a souflaki or something? Will you just shut up and let me pick out which tide I need? I don't need cooking tips right now. I'm trying to concentrate on the list. I got a list. I'm shopping. I've got a list. Shut up. Well, the really cool thing about this this uh, TV thing is, so we get to the hotel, and the total, the fare, comes up on the TV. The fare, it comes up, and then, you know, you push a little button and say, yeah, that's my fare. I agree that that is the fare. And then it has some gratuity uh, options. Hey, you want 10%, 20%, other, you put in your own amount, zero, bup, doodah, you know. And then you the, the cabbie points out that there's a little blue, you know, glowing light strip hole area. You swipe your credit card in the bottom of the TV. It's glorious. So I pick the thing and I'm swiping the card and this is so high tech and I'm loving it and I put my thing, I sign the thing and I get the receipt and I'm all set and this is great. And Tim and I go in, we flirty flirt a little bit with the, the desk girl to make sure we can check out a little later than we're supposed to so we can, you know, not rush, we don't have to rush. We go up to the room. It's not a big room. Listen, we don't need a big room. There's no view. There's a view of uh, some sort of I don't even know what we call that. It's kind of like an alleyway, but it's not an alleyway because an alleyway would be on the ground. It's like an alleyway, but three stories up. Do you know what that means? Do you understand? Like the building has some sort of weird, like there should be a courtyard in the middle, but it's really just kind of hell. You know, it's like black and smelly and you don't want to look at it. Yeah, just you're glad there are blinds. So there's no view or anything like that. But hey, listen, it's two queen size beds, uh, lamps, you know, a bathroom. That's fine. We're Times Square. We're good to go. Okay, so I pull out the camera, camera, check, tripod, check, shirt and pants, check, where's my phone? Where's, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where, where's my phone? Now, I'm always losing things in my pockets. You know, my pockets aren't gigantic, but I but I do have four of them, and I tend to use and abuse them. I, I tend to create these mental kind of torture situations for myself where I can't find something and it takes me 20 minutes to find it. And it's really actually in my pocket, but I've even frisked myself four or five times before I really find it. But this is different because I've gone through every pocket three or four times. I've emptied every pocket three or four times. I've searched the bags. I've searched this bag. I've searched that bag. The inside, the outside. We've called the phone. Where's the phone? Where's the phone? You know where the phone is? Oh, no. The phone is in a cab. The phone is in a New York City cab in Times Square. At 9.30 at night. So. Hmm. Now. It would be one thing if I had lost my old. Theoretically free Motorola. That really all it did is dial out. And calls would come in. But this is you know my iPhone. Now. Whether it's an iPhone or a tree or whatever, it's my smart, it's my, you know, I didn't bring a laptop because I had the phone. 
I can surf the web, surf the web on the phone, check my email on the phone, keep my calendar on the phone. The phone is everything to me. I'm trying to keep it together. And where is the phone? Well, by now, the phone is for sale on the corner of 49th Street and Broadway. But, you know, okay, well, hmm. Out of, uh, you know, I don't know what, trying to feel like I am taking some sort of action, I call the receipt number. You know, on the no receipt, there's a phone number. I call them. I tell them, look, hi, I'm a moron. I'm from L.A. I'm in New York for a day. I left my phone in a cab. I've got the medallion number on the receipt. Listen, if anything comes, you know, and they say, well, sir, good luck. Uh, you know, a lot of times when these things are, 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 uh, lost, they take them to one of these two police stations. Here's the phone numbers. He gives me the phone numbers. And it was very nice. It was a nice uh, Jamaican dude who didn't uh, laugh at me, which I thought was very helpful. So I call the police stations and no one ever picks up the phone. I don't know what these numbers are. Maybe it's a closet somewhere in the police station. I thought it was going to be some sort of desk, lost and found, something like that. Hello, dispatch, nothing. So I have lost my phone. The camera seems to be working. The tripod is there. I have lost the phone. Okay, so what that means is I can get through the next day and a half. But um, see, ah, how do I put this without sounding like a, you know, ass? Once you have a device that you can use to surf the internet, and check your email and keep your calendar and all that stuff. It's hard to go back to the old free Motorola. Which I've promised myself I would do if I ever lost this phone. And even if I can somehow rationalize buying another iPhone because I don't have any kind of... I'm an idiot insurance for the one that is in the back of the cab right now. There are no iPhones on the market right now. They took all the iPhones away to make room for the new phones. So my choices are go back to the old Motorola if I can find it in my sock drawer or have no phone until Steve Jobs releases the new phone. Oh, good God. So Tim and I go eat. And, you know... It, it, <laughs> I'm trying not to think about the phone. I don't like to get upset by these things. Listen, it's gone. It's my fault. What's done is done. The thing is, you know, I'm never going to see that damn phone again. I thought I lost it a couple weeks ago, and it turned out it was in my karate bag. That was the fair warning. I didn't heed the warning. Now it's gone, and now we got to go eat, and we're in New York City, and I'm really hungry and PO'd, and I don't know, you know, we're going to have to get up at the crack of dawn. Tim and I can't figure out where to eat in Times Square because, you know, we're not there for pleasure. We're worried about getting enough sleep, so we're not going to take a cab downtown to eat at some cool place that my friends would have recommended if we were with my, you know what I mean? So, of course, we fly, you know, from California all the way to New York. We're on the island of Manhattan. Where do we have dinner? Applebee's. Applebee's. No connection between Applebee's and the iPhone. Just, there's, that's not salt in the wound. It's just we happen to eat at Applebee's. It was either Applebee's or the Tropicana, uh, Hawaiian Tropic Lounge, excuse me. Hawaiian Tropic Lounge? No, I don't think so. Let's just go to Applebee's. And actually, we had a lovely meal at Applebee's, and we went back to the hotel. And I pressed my shirt. Tim checked his camera. But see, whenever I leave town travel like that especially when i leave town travel and then lose my phone i tend to get a migraine and the only way to battle a migraine is with caffeine so when we were at applebee's i drank a bunch of iced teas 
So I'd had a couple of naps on the plane. I've I had a bunch of iced teas. It's now about midnight New York time. We have to get up at about 4.30 or 5 New York time, which let's do the math. Oh, so hmm, 1.30 or 2 in the morning, our body time. Interesting. That'll make for an enjoyable day. But see, so basically, though, I've had a nap or two on the plane, and now I'm all juiced up on iced tea, and I'm trying to go to bed at 9 o'clock body time. So that's not working. Now, Tim was smart enough to have an alcoholic beverage, a cerveza, you know, at Applebee's. I think he actually went to sleep, you know, around one o'clock New York time. I laid in bed and um, do you ever do the thing where you're worried about getting enough sleep? You fall asleep and I mean literally fall. You have the sensation of falling. And it's at, it, it, there's a continuum. And at the top, you know, it's like a, you know, it's a top to bottom continuum. And on the top is being awake. And at the bottom is being asleep, right? So you start out at the top and then you literally kind of down, right? And you go down, you kind of go down, go down, down. down. And then instead of going to the bottom and then ah, like a feather, you know, ah, like a feather. And then just fluttering down and then just laying on the bottom. And then staying on the bottom for five hours, four hours, eight hours, whatever. You know, because I got to go down, I got to flutter down there and I got to stay there. Now, listen, I only have four and a half hours, three hours, whatever. But I got to get down there. But because you're worried about sleeping and staying down there, you go like this. You go down, 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 and touch bottom back up. Down, down, down. Floating, floating. Touch bottom back up. You're not sleeping. You're not sleeping yet. You, you almost fell asleep. You're not sleeping. Get to sleep. You better get to sleep, buddy. Get to sleep right now. Float down, 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 down. Touch bottom and then back up. Hey, why why aren't you sleeping? Jackass, you better sleep, buddy, because uh, I don't you don't don't look at the time. Don't look at the time. Don't look at the time, but I got news for you. You got to get up so much sooner than you want to get up. You better get to sleep. Go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go. Go. I'm trying to go. Go! Stop it. Stop it. I'm trying to go to sleep. I know. Go to sleep. I am. If you would shut up, I could get to sleep. Shut up. You shut up. I'm not going to shut up. You shut up. I'm trying to sleep. I know. I'm you. Jackass. Shut up. Go to sleep. I'm not asleep. Neither am I. Be quiet. Stop it. You stop it. I'm not going to stop it. You stop. Be quiet. I'm not sleeping. I'm not either. You. I was so close. I was so close. And then you had to say that. Why did, why, why did you have to say that? I was so close to being asleep. I could feel it. I could feel a dream coming. I felt it coming. And then you had to say, are you asleep? You know I'm not asleep because we're we're us, we're us, and you're not asleep, and I'm not asleep. So shut up. Hey, go to sleep. I'm trying. I know. Stop. Just stop. Stop saying things. Stop telling me things that I know. Everything you know, I know because we're us and me. I'm me. So shut up, me. You understand? We have to get up in like 25 seconds. No, stop it. I eventually fell asleep, and of course dreamt that I was at the PR event. Now, in the real world, the PR event was going to be at this fancy place in New York City called the 21 Club. Now, the 21 Club has uh, been around since, uh, you know, the day Jesus' dog died, as my mother would say, which I assume was a long time ago. Really old school, cosmopolitan Manhattan uh, the, the decor of the outside, just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with here, lawn jockeys. Rows and rows of lawn jockeys that are probably cast out of solid gold and painted with uh, who knows what. Right? Really, you know, old school New York. Okay. But apparently in my dream version of the event to uh, happen, the whole th event, for whatever reason, by the PR company has been moved to a large brand new Baskin Robbins. 
And instead of it being hosted by the chairman of the big PR company that's chairing this whole thing, it's being hosted by uh, none other than Glenn Campbell. So Tim and I are there. We're at Baskin Robbins. We're going to videotape Glenn Campbell, who actually very pleasant guy. And looks like he hasn't aged since 1973, honestly. But at least I'm in deep enough sleep to dream. Now, Tim and I had called for a wake-up call at 5. The phone rings at 4.30. Tim picks it up. There's no one there. I take this as a sign to get up. Get up. Get up. Don't risk it. Don't shut your eyes. Sit up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. You weren't sleeping anyway. Get up. So I got up. Pitch black darkness. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So considering how little sleep we'd had, uh, you know, we get up, we get ready. We're all, we're pressed. We're good to go. We're looking good. We're shaved. We're showered. We're ready. Everything's ready. You know what I'm saying? We get in a cab. We take a cab. We go down there. We're even early. Hey, listen, we're early. We're early. Let's go over to this place. We'll get something to eat. We go over to this place. There's nobody else in there. It's kind of weird for New York, I got to tell you, to be in a place where nobody else is in there but the people working there. Apparently, that's what happens at 6 o'clock in the morning. We get a couple omelets. We get some beverages. You know what I mean? Well, then it's time to go up to the PR event. And it's all excitement because they're all a titter. You know, you're setting up for this big thing. And there are going to be some big wigs there from various companies uh, talking about new media and uh, old media and the economy. You know, it's going to be this big, you know, mega executive roundtable discussion. And Tim and I, the sleepless fools, the maverick and the icon from L.A., you know, we're going to videotape. And... Um, so we're trying to figure out, because this room is not exactly built for uh, videotaping. It is built for, uh, you know, old school cosmopolitan New York dinners. So we're trying to figure out where to put the cameras, where to put the mics, and we're jacking into the audio system. We're being very professional. We're with it. We're on it because, you know what? We actually know what we're doing. Holy cow. Is this serious? Yes, we do. We actually, you know what? Holy cow. I think we know what we're doing. And we're very focused. We're very on it. But I don't know what I never know what time it is because, uh, you know, I don't wear a watch. You know, why I don't wear a watch because I used to carry with me a phone. And I would look at my phone to see what time it is and see we're on a schedule. The thing's going to start at a certain time and I don't know what time it is because I don't have my phone. My phone. So I say to Tim, Tim, dude, what time is it? I don't have, you know, I don't have my thing. What, what time is it? Because I'm freaking out. Are we running out of time or are we okay? So he gets us. He, he has taken his phone and put it away, put it aside because we're very busy and no one's going to call us. Who's going to call us at 645 in the morning, New York time, when we're a couple guys from L.A.? So he, he goes to check to see what time it is and he has a text message. That says, could you answer your phone, please? Now, he doesn't recognize the number. Now, I've left his cell phone number with the cab company, with the front desk. But they're not going to text him, will you answer your phone, please? They're just going to call and leave a message. Well, it turns out Tim does have... A couple of voice messages that were left fairly recently from not the cab company, not the front desk, not the police, from my wife, my wife who in the chipperest voice she can summon, given the circumstances, is saying, Hi, Tim. It's Melissa. Um, 
Could you have Dan call the number I am about to say into the phone? There's a cab driver in New York who called our house about having his phone. And I think if he wants to get it back, he might want to give this guy a ring. Now, this moment is not only the happiest moment I can imagine, but also the worst. See, losing the phone doesn't bother me. Replacing the phone doesn't bother me. Having to have a conversation with my wife about the fact that I lost the phone is the worst thing I can imagine. And even over breakfast, I was saying to Tim, you know, Tim, the worst thing about this is that I'm going to have to have the talk with my wife about losing the phone where she has that look in her eye like I think he's got Alzheimer's. I don't, I don't want to have this conversation. I'm hoping that I can put it off until we're back in Los Angeles and here it is on the phone. Dan, please call the cabbie because guess what? The cabbie called me. Hmm. Simultaneously thrilled and distraught, I call the number and I talk to Theodore. Theodore has my phone. Theodore has called my house. I have called Theodore. Theodore wants to know where I am. He's going to bring me the phone. Theodore, the cabbie, is going to bring me the phone. He's going to bring the phone to me. So I tell him, well, I'm at the 21 Club. I'm at uh, 21 West uh, 52nd Street? Okay, we'll tell you what, he says. I have one more fare. I get, once I get rid of these people, I'm going to swing right by. I'll call you when I'm closer. Oh, my Oh my God. Oh, my Oh my God. This is great. Oh, my God. This is great. I'm going to get my phone back. I'm going to get my phone back. This is fantastic. All I have to do is uh, he's going to be here. I'll just go, you know. This is great. It's great, except there's there's really no cell service in here. So I really should wait outside with Tim's phone. I'll wait outside with Tim's phone because there's really very dodgy cell service in the harbor room at the 21 Club. Apparently they didn't take that into consideration when they were building the building in 1794. So, so I'm standing out on 52nd Street waiting for Theodore to drop off his fare and slide over. I've got a fistful of, you know, reward money, some of which I had to borrow from Tim. And I'm down there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. He's not calling and he's not calling. 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 Tick, 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 tick. Hey, guess what? You know, Dan, we've flown 3,000 miles to be here today for you to videotape an event that you're going to miss because you're screwing around down on uh, 52nd Street waiting for a cabbie to return your phone. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. W where is he? Because I have to be upstairs at the right time, and this is right about the right time. I mean, if this thing kicks off early, if somebody started, decides they want to hit the mic and start making some remarks, I need to be up there, man in the camera. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Tim comes down. Hey, okay, yeah, okay. We're going to start pretty soon. I know. Oh, God. Oh, God. Suddenly, Theodore calls me. Ring, ring. Hello. Theodore, hey. Dude, hey. It's, it's, it's the phone guy. Yes. He says, I'm on 52nd Street. Where are you? I, I'm on 52nd, I'm, you know, I'm at the 21 Club. Do you know where that is? No, I don't. Holy cow, that's you. You're driving right by me. Look the other way. Theodore, look to your left. The other left. Right here. The white, the, the panicked looking guy with the borrowed phone. I had, I got my phone back. I got my phone, I got my phone back. I got my phone back. I left my phone in a cab in New York City. At 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And I had it back by 8.30 the next morning. That's New York. 
as a postscript. My plan on the home stretch, you know, regarding the camera in the bag and the rolling and all that is my plan was I was going to put my peanuts and my book, my iPod, my phone, everything in the camera bag, you see. In the camera bag, then put the camera bag in the rolling carry-on, and then if they uh, let me carry on the rolling thing, great, and then I could just open it up in the plane, quick, quick, get out the camera bag. Or if they jacked me for the rolling bag, I would just take the camera bag out, keep the you see what I'm saying? Keep the camera bag. It's what I should have done on the way to New York. And then I give them the quote-unquote carry-on. Well, when we go to fly out, we're not on Delta. Now we're on uh, American. And the American terminal at JFK is beautiful new school, man. Brand new school. Self-check-in. You you self-check your luggage. It seems like there's no one there. It's like flying out of I don't even know where. Wichita. Who knows? So, and I'm a pro, go through security, you know what I mean? You, you, you take your, you know, take out your metal money clip, you take out your uh, keys and all that stuff, you put them in the carry-on because that'll go through the scanner, right? I always wear slip-on shoes. I told you this before. You wear the slip-on shoes, you take everything out of your pocket, you put it in the carry-on. Uh, I think I was wearing my hat for some silly reason or whatever. So we go all the way through the thing, and then I get to the part where they're checking your first check of your, uh, you know, boarding pass. And the little gal says, uh, sir, see if your bag will fit in that little cage thing that you've never seen anyone use. Have you ever seen anyone use that? Maybe they use it all day long, and I've just never seen them. You know what I mean? They've got this thing. It's a measuring thing for your bag. And basically, if your bag won't fit in this little thing, no good. Well, my bag doesn't fit in the thing. No good because there's a camera bag inside there. So they say, "Uh uh-uh. So Tim goes on ahead and I go all around, go on, figure out, and I self-check in. I take out the camera bag. I self-check in the bag. But I've taken out the camera bag. Don't worry, don't worry. Self-check in. Eventually, once they get through the French people who had, uh, you know, donde esta, uh, uh, qu'est-ce que c'est le question, you know what I mean? Finally get that checked in. I go through security. I go, uh, I find Tim. Gate five. I sit down. Yeah, I'm all set. I got the camera bag right here. And um, I've got my Echo Tole uh, No Ego book and my peanuts, my, uh, you know, zone bar and uh, my phone, my iPod. Yes. And my money clip and my headphones are now being put into the bottom of the plane. My headphones and my cash and credit cards are still in my quote-unquote carry-on. I will not survive for six hours without my headphones and with no food. I can't do this anymore, Mommy. Listen, that was it. That's the best I got. What time is it? Oh my gosh, it's 12.25. Listen, I gotta... Okay. I'll put the show together in the morning. Listen, this has been The Bitter's Pill. I thank you all for listening. Uh, You know, and this is one of those shows that goes out to everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, listen. I've really missed you. How have you been? 
Listen, there's a lot going on. Go to thebitterspill.com to get caught up. You gotta, you gotta stop by the website every once in a while. I know you don't usually, but listen, you gotta. I'll tell you why. And I'm not gonna give you all the information. I'm just gonna try to rattle this off. This is good stuff. Okay, number one. Uh, J.C. Hutchins, author of Seventh Son, the Seventh Son trilogy, mega hit audio book podcast thing. You know, he has uh, he did this thing, and I talked about it uh, a while ago called Obsi- Seventh Son Obsidian, and it's short stories and uh, spoken word stories by uh, you know luminaries, Scott Sigler, T. Morris, Evo Terra, Soccer Girl, The Radio Adventures of Doctor Floyd, Wichita Rutherford, and yours truly. To mention, but uh, a few. All part of Seventh Son Obsidian. So go to thebitterspill.com to check that out. I would tell you the uh, URL, but I don't remember. So just go, go, go to the site and uh, scroll down. Also, August fifteenth, I think it is, in Las Vegas, Nevada, as part of the New Media Expo, we will be celebrating the five hundredth episode of Coverville. Now you know Brian uh, Ibbett, Coverville. I've been listening to Coverville since, seriously, probably the fourth Coverville. And in August, they will be on number 500. And to celebrate, Brian Ibbett, the host of Coverville, has put together a huge concert, including the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, Natalie Gelman, Chance, you know, pod podcast star Chance, uh, Richard Cheese, you know who that is, right? He sings, uh, you know, rock songs, grunge songs, all the popular new hits, but uh, like a lounge singer. Awesome. And, uh, of course, uh, every geek's favorite, Jonathan Colton. Yeah, I know. Jonathan Colton is going to be there. Hosted by moi. Do you understand? Hosted by moi. If you're in anywhere in uh, the area, California, for instance, Nevada, Montana, Ohio, New York, go to Las Vegas. August 15th, if for no other reason, to go to the Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, Coverville, uh, Gelman, uh, Jonathan Colton, uh, Richard Cheese, Chance, Dan Class, uh, Brian Ibbett, Extravaganza. And also coming up, you know, we don't really talk about it much, but uh, Lance Anderson is publishing some uh, something called Verge of L.A. It's an anthology. It's like a literary magazine. I don't know how he's really describing it. It's It's kind of an interesting hybrid of book and magazine. Uh, featuring one of the stories from uh, the book that I would uh, hopefully write someday if I ever, uh, you know, get a chance. It's one of the stories that I think that I've read here called uh, How to Meet Any Women You Want Guaranteed. Anyway, when that's available, I will definitely let you know, but that includes stories from, uh, you know, Lance, myself, Tim Coyne. We just discussed Tim Coyne. Uh, maybe Cece Chapman? Who else? I think... Uh, you know, Emmy Award-winning writer Joseph Doherty, maybe Dan Farron. I don't know. It's it's gonna be cool. I, I can't wait. I've seen I've seen the cover. It's very cool. Fo- it'll be cool. Trust trust Lance. It'll be cool. So that's coming up too. So listen. But uh, you know, I thank you all for uh, listening. Hey, you know, no, uh, listen, if you uh, are interested in the new Bitter's Pill affiliate program. Go to thebitterspill.com, click on the uh, affiliate program link in the uh, little sidebar there. All you, you know, you promote the pill, the promil, the pill, <laughs> promote the pill and the pill promotes you, baby. I thank you all for listening. Uh, I especially thank the, uh, the people that have already signed up for the affiliate program. Thank you so much. I'm going to write you a little note as soon as I'm done with these jobs. Holy cow. Hey, working uh, takes up a lot of time, doesn't it? Wow. All right. Thanks a lot. Spread the word. Tell a friend about uh, the bitter spill, thebitterspill.com. Uh, all right. That's enough babbling. I got to go to bed. Okay. Thank you so much. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, jacketmedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.